Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to the Doc G Show. I'm your host, Doc G, with me. As always, the one, the only, Dave Burles Berlin. Say what? Doc, man, I am so happy to do another week of the show with you, man. Mm. It's one of the highlights of my week through all this craziness. Yes. And I know it passes the time for some listeners, too, in the background while they're doing something else important. Amen. They may catch one or two things we say, so it's worth it. So true. It's definitely worth it. And... You've got a killer stash now. That's right. And the listeners. Oh know it. man, I and know it. You got. You got. A, Everyone hates a, it. But a what? I love it. What? Oh. They hate it. Oh my god, dude. I felt like I, think, I generally offended Drake Freeman when I was when I with with our comments from the last uh, the last show. Girl, come on. He, he yeah. on on uh, on Instagram. He was just like he was like, hey, the stash is serious and it is respectable and i was like whoa sorry drake i'm sorry man." the only one of my patients who respected me i asked them what they thought and they they thought it looked good better than the beard and they nodded yes nice but that's only because they don't speak english (laughs) so they had no idea what i was saying (laughs) yeah okay Yeah, <laughs> that, that was you. You remember when I brought up? Uh, um, what? Uh, I think I've brought her up before, but I worked with a, a girl, Beatrice, from uh, from Kenya, uh, and uh-huh. it was so great because I love I love Beatrice. She was so awesome because that that's the same thing. I would say I would I'd make a joke and she would just laugh, and I'd be like, "B, did you get that?" She'd be like, "No." But the no, way you did it, I liked it. I liked it. I'm just like, yes, yes. Thank you. Delivery. You just liked it because she was your hype crew. Yeah, I'd take her on the show right now. She could just be back there, just yes, yes. You are correct. That's right. Just and I'd be like, do you know what I was talking about? No. Nope. Keep going though. Yeah. Be so good. Oh man, Dave. You'd I got like another man from Florida story. Yes. She just yes. Says, yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what it is. Uh, but I, I, I got something else that, that's been, um, it hasn't really been, I guess, weighing on me today, but it was an interesting thing, Dave. Do you ever have weird dreams? Hmm. Yeah, man. You know, there's those, those dreams that everything about them could be very real, like the situation, the mm-hmm. person, like the different people in them. Yeah. And then you have those crazy dreams that just don't where, make like, sense. It's obviously not real and doesn't make sense at all. Yeah, it's it's crazy how like the spectrum of dreams can be. In oh, my yeah. opinion, oh yeah. And then Definitely. there's the ones you remember for a long time, and the ones you just forget immediately. Yeah, like yeah. I I I, heard, I either heard it or read something where it says like if you don't think about the dream within the first like ten seconds of waking up, you it's gone. Oh. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I, I could I could definitely see that. I, they they got to be memorable. I mean, you know, I hate scary dreams. Those are the worst, man. So wake true. up. Oh, when you wake up in the middle of the night, oh, hearts racing. Like, yeah. The the fall the mm. fall. Um, I forgot what it's called, but yeah, um, I know what you're talking everyone about. Everyone has it. Oh yeah. You wake up and you like have one huge shake. 
just echoing in your head too. Whatever was going on, it's just bad. It's bad. But last night, I I didn't uh, I didn't have a scary dream. Nope. Had a weird dream. Sweet. It was uh and and I got to be honest, extremely weird dreams. They're they're pretty dope. I enjoy them. They're pretty fun. Like can be. Afterwards, I'm just like, what was that? Like, you know, like you're just, you're in this weird fantastic, and you slowly realize when you wake up, you're just like, none of that made sense. What was that all about? Where did that come from? And last night, I had one of those. Um, Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, let let me, uh, I'll go through it real quick. I set the scene. I was getting ready to teach a class in an old arena that looked like 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 the old Boston Garden, and even oh, the way oh. that I was like, you know, seeing myself in the dream was like an old film from like the '60s. You know, it was like that same look, like sepia, as you will. Um, so then, like. <laughs> I'm getting ready to teach this uh, this this class, and I'm co-teaching with two of my PhD advisors. And the arena is okay. like fifteen thousand people, you know, but mm-hmm. there's only twenty five actually in the seats. There's just like a couple people oh. <laughs> speckled throughout the whole thing, and I don't really even Sounds remember. Sounds about like one of your classes. Yeah, exactly. Lots of people wanting to be there. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think I even ever taught anything in the dream. I just remember being in the arena and being like, all right. Got to get ready to teach. Then, all of mm-hmm. a sudden, cut to, we're walking around the outside of the arena, like the exterior, you know, but inside, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and I, I remember, like, my two advisors discussing who the best in the science game was at the time. Mm-hmm. They were like, oh, my God, mm-hmm. yeah, this person, they're great. And, like, I wanted to jump in on this. Because I thought I had some pretty great mm-hmm. dope suggestions. So true. So I was going to try to right. spit out a couple. And right when I spit out a couple, I couldn't because I had a giant pile it. of gum in my mouth. Wait, what? Literally, oh, go- like, just gobs and gobs of gum. And I was like, oh, geez, better pull this out. Ugh. And I just kept pulling it out. And I just had more and more gum in my hand. And, and I was like, you never got to no. say your points, did you? No. And I was just like, why that- do I? Have all that's this very gum. common. I, I, I've heard a lot of stories. Like one of one of the guys I listened to on a podcast, his like dream that he has is he's gonna play the Masters, and he's paired with Tiger Woods, mm-hmm. and he's he can set his ball for the tee shot, mm-hmm. but he can never take the swing. Mm-hmm. The dream, like he Forces like something you, happens yeah. and he and yeah. he just can't take the swing. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, I had this gum in my hands, and then I was like, yeah. I gotta find a bathroom where I can dump this gum. Oh, so your dream kept going though. Oh yeah, and so then oh, I'm like just in like a mall instead of this arena now, and like I find this I find this bathroom and I walk through the bathroom mm-hmm. door and I'm at a high school dance at my high school. What? And I'm in the gym, and it's dark oh. and there's tunes bumping and I'm like nice dope and there's somebody with me and apparently i'm trying to find out if some lady is digging me because i'm like yeah are they really into me is that is that the way it is and they were like yeah it could be i don't think they're i think they're a little thrown off by your outfit 
Huh? And and I'm like, what's wrong with my outfit? That's crazy. And like, I'm walking, I go to the lobby, and I'm getting a little self-conscious. And I look in the lobby, I catch my reflection in one of the trophy cages, and I've got a, yeah. I, I got white overalls on with no shirt underneath, Ooh. and a rainbow, Ooh, and a rainbow afro wig on. And I'm like, you know what? Hmm. This is a little weird. At a party. <laughs> now, now this <laughs> outfit makes sense. I get it. And and so then I go to the bathroom, because i got to go to the bathroom, apparently, in the dream, and I hit up a stall, and in the dream, like, I'm trying to just go to the bathroom, but apparently I just can't control myself, and I start mm-hmm. all over my white overalls, and I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. oh, man, well, this isn't going to make the outfit any better. Nope. Oh, jeez. And so then I finish the dream with me sitting there, man, like, Ugh. all right, well, how am I going to have to cover up this giant stain? I don't know. <laughs> And then I woke up and I was like, "Oh, I don't have well, overalls." At least you on. have to worry about that. What would have been interesting if you bed? That'd have been crazy. No, luckily I can say successfully did not <laughs> my bed, Dave. Bed was dry. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, I realized, well, Dave. Have you ever had that where you like swam or something and then you were like sweating? Oh yeah, well you, you you got all kinds of those. You got yeah, you're you're. It's it's amazing how your brain will take in things around you at the time. Yeah, it'll it's use very the senses. Very Crazy. good at doing that. But I realize, Dave, my dreams make about as much sense as this show. That's a fact. So, <laughs> it makes sense that I make the content for this show. So speaking of, are you ready to fire up this show that makes no sense? Let's fire it up, man. All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and lift off. Day, fantastic show, straight out of Astoria, Queens, New York, New York. Hollis Brown gonna be on the show. Very exciting. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna talk music careers. We're gonna talk musical icons. We're gonna talk a little food, of course. Can't can't refrain myself. Can't um, forget that. No, can't. Nope. Can't. We're gonna hear some several jams from these fellas. It's gonna be good. But first. We start where we start. Birthday suit. All right. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Okay, Dave. I reviewed, and I think you're going to get two out of three. Mm. We'll see. Cool. Okay. I think you got this one. Born on April 22nd, 1937. And yes, mm-hmm. you're still alive, still kicking, very kicking. Um, in Neptune City, New Jersey, he was the son of a showgirl and a showman. Hmm. Since his mother was only 17, our birthday suit wearer was raised by his grandparents and told that his, uh, his mom was actually his sister by his grandparents. He didn't learn that his actual mother was his mother until 1974 when he was 37. Jeez. Weird. Yeah, Weird. yeah. In nine, that, that happened a lot back then. If you know, you had a kid when you weren't supposed to, when you're really young. That's what the family did mm-hmm. uh, to make you know to make it look respectable. It's much more respectable okay. for your for parents the, for the family's yeah. name. Yes, know. yeah. So in 1954, our birthday suit wearer moved to Hollywood, and in '57, our birthday suit wearer joined the uh, California Air National Guard. He actually stayed oh. in for two years before he's discharged. But one year later, okay. he made his film debut in a low-budget film named Cry Baby Killer. His big acting break 
was when he performed in 1969's Easy Rider. Hmm. Since then, he went on to star in Chinatown, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, The Shining, Batman from 1989, Terms of Endearment, A Few Good Men, As Good As It Gets, Anger Management, The Bucket List, The Departed, and he's won three Academy Awards and sits courtside at every Lakers game. Yep. Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson is correct. Yes, Let's indeed. go. Indeed. Mr. Glad I had it right before the Lakers game, but that solidified it for me. Well, I mean, you know, after I saw Batman. I don't know. Have you ever seen Lower uh Easy Rider there? I've seen uh, No, I haven't seen really any of I've I've seen like um Anger Management, The Batman. Uh, bucket list is a big one that I saw. Got to jump you know, back. Anything that was made after two thousand. Got to jump. <laughs> Got to jump back in the files, man. One, uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Good, good flick and good book right there. Yes! And of course, Batman. Yes! Amazing, amazing performances. Joker. Shining. A little creepy. Oh, creepy. Yeah, I'm um, not big into the, the scary movies. No, not me. Nope. Not me either. I, I, I really don't appreciate them. I'm not a horror film or a suspense film fanatic at all. Right. At all. Yeah. Uh, nonetheless, I'll he's... i get nightmares about... Talk about weird dreams. So true. I'll oh, get yeah. some weird dreams from that Oh, yeah. Don't need it. Don't need it in my life. Turn of the big 83, Jack Nicholson. 83. Dang. Yeah. Happy birthday, you old man. Yeah, looking good though. Still looking good. Killing it. Stress free, man. That'll do it to you. And one day, Andy will sit beside him at a Lakers game. It will happen. Oh, yeah. That would be awesome. Okay, Dave, uh, we need to do this. It's very important for both of us. Uh, We need to hit up a little previously on the Doc G Show. Yes. Previously on the Doc G Show. Okay, Dave. Uh, last week, we uh, let the fans know, the listeners know. I shouldn't say fans. Nobody's actually a fan. Nope. Listeners oh. <laughs> know that we <laughs> are a bit of closet lizard fans. Yes! We like yes. lizards. Um, Straight. And I brought up that uh, Serbia had a national forest I needed to go to when we were talking about shout-outs, and we both said, mm-hmm. whoa. What kind of lizards we got going on in Serbia? Well, I checked it out. Yes. Hmm. I checked it out. Uh, eight. Eight species of lizards Ooh. in Serbia. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. More than expected. Yeah. They all have a fairly similar look. I think they're sort of like a, you know, like a, a, a common species of Mediterranean lizard going on there. Um, sure. Little, Coming li- from the same tree. Yeah. yeah. Little, little like a, a skink, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. the biggest would be the Balkan green lizard, mm. and it's Ooh. actually with its tail fifty inches. Jeez, what? Fifty? Yeah, Ooh. but over four feet long. Hold on, thirty-four of that is tail. Wow. wow. Yeah, it's a long tail. It's a long tail, my friend. So there you go. Three foot long tail. Yeah, Ser- Serbian lizards. There you go, Dave. There it is. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for that. Very mm-hmm. educational. I, I, I'll i be honest. That's probably the continent that I know the least about their lizards. That's a fact. Europe. Yeah. I don't really know much about their lizards. I know some... I know South American lizards. I know... Uh, I, I know um, your Bohemian lizards. Yeah. I know... Mm-hmm. I know a lot of the Caribbean li- lizards, if you will. But 
Serbia, not so much. Now I know. Eight lizards. I'm looking at some pictures. Very impressive. Yeah. Very impressive lizard. Yeah. There Looks you good. go. There you go. Okay, Dave, it's time. Rip some headlines. Let's rip it, man. It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Whew. Okay, Dave. Uh, so the first story is from MSN News. Um, okay. Dave, there seems to be some things that have gotten to be pretty consistent through this uh, pandemic. Um, people keep breaking the stay-at-home orders. Uh, people True. keep hoarding things that don't necessarily need it to be hoarded. And Preach. Joe Buck keeps getting asked to narrate pornography. What? Dude, I saw that. <laughs> Ew. And, and... He keeps replying to those requests very weirdly. So true. Very odd. <laughs> so this past week, Darren Ravel do it. Nope. Well, this past week, Darren Ravel of the Action Network reported that apparently an undisclosed pornographic website offered him one million dollars. Uh, being him, being Joe Buck, offered Joe Buck one million dollars to do play-by-play commentary of live wham- uh, webcam sessions. Ew. Which again, I gotta ask, Dave, who wants this? Who watches pornography and is like, you know what? A football commentator. That's what would make this better. I'd really like to hear that right now. Like, so true. What? Who wants to hear that? But then, Nobody. just like last time, Dave, Mr. Buck came back and made it even weirder. He tweeted at Darren Ravel, the guy that broke the story, and said, depending on the site, they could just be handing some of my money back to me. So I'll hold out for a better offer and try to hold on to my day job. Wait, what? What? Handing some of my money back? What? D- so that means he he has a subscription. Yeah. Yeah. So let's 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 review Joe's comment. <laughs> he admits that he's going to pornographic sites and enough uh, and enough going to them that odds are that it's one of the sites that he visits. And then he says because he uses the site, that's so the reason often. he shouldn't take their money. Hmm. Like Dave. I've ordered a Papa John's pizza a couple times in my life. So true. If Papa John's offered me a million dollars to put an ad for their pizza on our podcast, I wouldn't be like, well... Right. I wouldn't be like, well, I've had one of their pizzas, so really, that'd be just me handing them handing me back some of my money, so it's not really worth it. Like, oh, come on. of course I'd take it. What does... Yeah. Come on. Like, that doesn't make any sense, Joe. And then, like, why Sounds aren't... Sounds like he'll o- do it for a free subscription. Ew. Why aren't other announcers being given this offer? Like, why doesn't anyone, like, yeah, why Dick him? Vitale to go play-by-play on their porn? Or Chris Fowler? It's wild, it baby. Like, <laughs> Did you imagine? Oh, my goodness. I don't want to imagine any of them, but, you know. I know. A- apparently, somebody does. I don't know. It's Diaper weird. dandy. Ew. Oh, God. Oh, that is the wrong thing to say in <laughs> pornography. That's why he hasn't been asked yet. Jeez. That's the reason, Dave. Uh, okay. <laughs> Moving on. Um this next story is from CNN, and uh, Dave, despite the, the COVID pandemic, people are still getting pregnant 
and still having babies. That's a fact, Dave. They um, sure are. Yeah. And apparently this past week, a lady in Lilburn, Georgia, which is uh, northeast of Atlanta, still, I guess you okay. could say, in the metro area, a maybe. Suburb. Yeah, suburb, more like it, yeah. So uh, she started going labor. And uh, she was with her mom at the time, so the lady's mom took her to the hospital. It was a rainy night, and the roads were wet, and sadly, the car hydroplaned and ran into a light pole on the other side of the street. And you know what? Oh, no. I got to say, I feel for him, because I've done something very, very similar, except it wasn't a light pole. It was an interstate uh, sign that I ran into. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. And let me tell you, Dave, going 75 and hydroplaning sideways. Yeah, that frightening that experience. Hurt, I bet. Frightening experience. No, it didn't really hurt. Damn. It was uh I I was completely fine, but it was uh oof. It was like those the scary. Was not. It was like those scary dreams. It was uh it was oh, tough man. to get back on the yeah. horse after that's that. Th- well, and that's the thing with hydroplaning is like you have no control. Mm. So it's you're out, and it feels like it feels like time is going by slow, very oh, slowly. Man. Yeah, it's very slowly. But luckily, uh, the folks in the story were okay. Not right? hurt. They're yeah. fine. Um, officers uh, Cepeda Huff. Daniel Bride and Matthew Madden arrived on the scene, and they had their body cameras going. Now, apparently, mm. as they were driving to the hospital, uh, you know, the lady actually gave birth in the, the car. <laughs> she actually oh, gave birth. body camera. Yeah, and as the cops are walking up to the car, you hear this lady say, hey, I gave birth in the car, and uh, we can't find the baby. Wait, what? 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 Now, follow me closely on the next passage, Dave. The next part of the story says, Officer Huff then searched for the baby, and he found the baby under a seat with the umbilical cord still attached. Oh, my. She could have just followed the cord. Yes! Yes, (laughs) Dave! How can you lose a baby when it's still attached with the umbilical cord? Like, you've never Uh, seen someone in a park be like, hey, I've lost my dog, and they're still holding the dog leash with the dog on it. Like, come on! You follow the cord! It's hanging out of you! Her motherly instincts haven't kicked in yet. (laughs) Where'd this thing go? Well, I could follow this thing coming out of me and find it. I wonder how long they're... The umbilical cord is anyways. I don't know. Apparently, this one had to be a couple of feet to reach under the seat, you know. Right. Pretty Man. pretty good length there. Weird, Dave. Weird. And Can that be a next on the Doc G show? Hmm. Find out how. Yep. Uh, previously on the Doc G show, I'm writing it down. Yep. Length Bam. of umbilical cord. I should... I. I feel like teaching physiology, I should know that. Oh, come um, on. Well, you don't really talk about... There's not, yeah, there's not a lot of reproductive. There's not a lot of o- OBGYN stuff going on. Um, anyways, let's go on to the next story, Dave. Uh, yes, sir. This next story comes from Fox Channel 5. Uh, do you remember Pokemon Go, hmm. Dave? Oh, dude, such a great fad. Was I in your class when that happened? Yeah, close. Close. It was was right around there. Like four years ago. All the rage, man. I was definitely in your class. I was in your class. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, like, you know, people were playing that thing all over the place. Like, you just, like, on on, 
on campus, it would just be like random people walking through bushes and stuff. Word. And you'd be yeah, like, like a sixty-year-old man. Yeah. <laughs> out of the bushes. Yeah. It, well, it's really <laughs> dropped off now, you know. But apparently, oh, yeah. there's still some folks out there getting it. You know. Hmm. Uh, they keep making updates and stuff, you know, but it's just it's just not the same as regular Pokemon. Well, it will be. Doesn't matter. Amy Kellums and her daughter, they're all about it. So, yeah. Amy in Minnesota was like, "Hey, you know, while we're self-quarantining here, we can still go outside for fitness. What if we roll our fitness into catching some Pokemon?" Yes. Um oh. Well, because they're Americans, they didn't go all out on the fitness. They drove their car mm-hmm. around, and then whenever they'd get close to a Pokemon, they'd hop out and catch it, you know? Oh, that's cheating. Yes, that's it is. Um, but as they were driving around, they stayed in their neighborhood, right? In their mm-hmm. neighborhood. And mm-hmm. one of their neighbors, Victoria Solemn, mm. in like a normal, curious American, she was positive this car stopping was up to no good. So true. They were out Uh-oh. to cause harm to the neighborhood. So, oh, Victoria called the cops. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the cops pulled over Amy uh, a little bit later. And Amy then explained to him, hey, I'm, I'm playing Pokemon. It's nothing weird. And they were like, oh, all right. And they let her go. Well, it is weird. but Yeah, it is weird, but we'll let you go. And yeah. uh, she posted about this incident on the website Nextdoor. Hmm. Have you ever heard of Nextdoor, oh. Dave? Yeah, I need to download that again. I have, yeah, I've heard of Nextdoor. I hadn't heard of it. Uh, have you used this before, Dave? Hmm. Well, like, at my old place with my parents' house, they would say, like, hey, saw this dog wandering around or... Mm. Hey, this yeah. black car was going really slow around the yeah. neighborhood. Watch Just keep, out. Keeping updates for everybody about things happening. Social media for your neighborhood. Um, well, Victoria also on next door. And she saw this post from Amy about how she had to talk to the cops about her Pokemon. And it was a big deal. So Victoria felt bad. That's right. So the next day she decided to make up for it. The next day, she went over to Amy's house and gave her a cake. A cake that said, sorry, we called the cops on you. And it literally said that (laughs) on the top of the cake, complete with Pokemon characters all over the cake. That's (laughs) That's pretty cool. Dave, I got to say, I feel like there's not enough sorry we called the cops on you cakes in this country right now. Nope. I feel like we're severely lacking in that that should be a new trend oh that'd be awesome yeah yeah because i feel like a lot of people got the cops called on them for not valid reasons not valid reasons Uh, not doing the thing that they thought they were doing yeah dave uh got a story right down the road here in orlando so this is from uh, wftv uh now dave having a child that's a huge responsibility am i right so true I would assume so. Yeah. Now, having three children, I would oh, guess that's God. roughly three times the responsibility. Am I right? That's a fact. Dude, that would be crazy. Well, apparently, oh. for two folks in Orlando, that pressure was a little too much. Hmm. Immediately. Oh. So they got they rid of those triplets. kids. Oh. oh, wow. So back in 2016 at the Willow Key Apartments, residents found a baby that had been abandoned. So, the residents took the baby to the police, 
right? Then, in 2017, the same apartment complex, a baby showed up on the steps of an apartment. This time, oh with the note attached that said, child should be taken to the fire station for safe haven. So they did. <laughs> then, this past summer in July, another baby was left at the same complex. This time with a note. Uh, the note said that the mother feared the father, so they left the baby. Hmm. Well, oh. after the third baby, the police chief was like, you know what? Maybe we should do a DNA, a DNA test on these kids. Word. And it was determined that all three kids have the same parents. The same wow. mother and father. Oh, now, my goodness. Now, Dave, I would never suggest abandoning a child at an apartment never. complex. That's just not... Uh, that's that's the type of strong moral line I draw in the sand here on this show. That's not something yeah. I would recommend. But... Hmm. If you did, couldn't you have, like, dropped the kids off at a different apartment complex? Oh, my God. Like, I mean, <laughs> like, you know, oh, an bad. apartment complex, a rec center, the next one at a Target. Like, how do these parents decide, like, you know what? This apartment complex, we'll just drop off every single kid we create here. Like... What? Like, I mean, were they just like this watching the, this apartment? Yeah, this is the place. <laughs> yeah, were they watching the apartment complex? And like, you know what? Got some standout citizens here at the old Willow Tree Complex or Willow Key Complex. We need to drop off our babies here. That's a fact. That's what we need to do. Like, just so, so bizarre, Dave. So bizarre. Like it worked the first time. Just keep I going here. Like, I mean, they got to think. Like, after the th fool me once, come on. I mean, the saying goes, Louie don't need to get George Bush out here to screw it up for us, but the third time, you're f***ed. That's what's going on right. there. They're going to figure <laughs> it out. <laughs> Anyways, Dave, this next story, Jack's News, Channel 4. There we go. But All right. not a local story. It's actually from Palm oh. Beach Gardens. Um, That's okay. In this pandemic, we've had a lot of changes to our education. A lot of online mm -hmm. stuff now these days, Dave. Mm-hmm. And mm -hmm. even kindergarten. Jeez. Kindergarten is having to go online, which is bananas when you think about it. I mean... Weird. How could you teach? How could you keep the attention of kindergartners online? Like, that's... I know, right? Insane. It's crazy that they know how to use computers and stuff already. Exactly. Well, most of them, I, I, well, at least from this story, it seemed like most of them, their parents were right beside them the whole class. So, like, yeah. you know. But anyways, uh, Mr. Bonnick. Mr. Bonnick's a uh, kindergarten teacher in Palm Beach Gardens. And he asked his students for a writing assignment, which I was like, wow, that's pretty impressive. A writing assignment? Mm -hmm. I mean, was it just like squiggly lines all over the place? Because they're kindergartners. Yeah. It's not, what do you, term paper of 20 pages for these guys? Come on. But he asked them a simple question. Uh, who are you with during the quarantine? What are you doing? Mm -hmm. How do you like it? Mm. That's pretty much it, right? After Mr. Bonnick handed out this assignment, he was cruising social media when he passed a post from John Bon Jovi. 
And he noticed that John Bon Jovi was asking the exact same thing of his fans. And he was Mm -hmm. like, huh. You know, of course, Mr. Bonnick thought, like, hmm, I should get in contact with Mr. Bon Jovi and ask him if he wants to help out. That's right. So, apparently he got in contact with John Bon Jovi's assistant. And the next day in Google Classroom, Mr. John Bon Jovi showed up. Say what? And told the students, he said, quote, I thought maybe, if you want, I could sing a couple of lines that you guys sent me of what you're doing during quarantine and put them into a melody for a song I've written. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and John Bon Jovi went on to sing all their lyrics, which, like you said, Dave, pretty cool. But I've also got to say, why'd you do it for kindergartners? Hmm. Like... They're not gonna be psyched about. That. They're not gonna be psyched about well, Bon Jovi. They're like, who's this guy with fuzzy blonde hair? Who cares? That's, right? That's true. That's, if he, that's true. If he got on there and was like, hey, I sent all of you guys Play-Doh in the mail, they'd be excited about that. Yes. And they get the Play-Doh and be like, holy crap, you can put it in any form you want to. This stuff is amazing. <laughs> yes. Right? But John Bon Jovi, like, if he's gonna get on a Zoom. Why not get on a Zoom for like a bunch of business, uh, you know, leaders that are forty and fifty years old? Those <laughs> folks would. Those <laughs> folks would get way more psyched. You'd have people busting out lighters on Zoom and taking their shirts <laughs> off. People right screaming in the of and a, a, a passing out. Ah! And just fall <laughs> over like kindergartners are gonna lose it. I'm gonna be like, this song sucks. Yeah. Put on Sesame Street. I don't want this oh guy. Like, I'm just saying. <laughs> it's just a bit much. Uh, speaking about Zoom, Dave, got another story about Zoom here. Uh, mm-hmm. th- this story is from Channel uh, 9, CBS in Southern California. Um, oh, I skipped a story. What? Whoops, let me go back. That's not the story I want to talk about, Dave. This next story is from Business <laughs> Insider. Uh, okay. Now, from that last story, probably thinking... What kind of interesting things could I do or invite to my Zoom meetings? Hmm. Well, yeah. Got me Sweet Farms now. in California has a solution. Sweet. Sweet Farms has started a new project called Goat to Meeting. G O A T to Meeting. For Goat less than a for a hun- less than $100, Dave, you can have one of Sweet Farms Farm Animal Ambassadors come to your meeting. You can have a pig, a goat, or even a llama. That's right. That boosts morale. That's right. Now, I will say my excitement dwindled a little bit when I found out that they like, they, they don't just come on there and are just this, you know, ominous llama setting in your <laughs> Zoom meeting. Just a guard they, llama. Yeah, they they come on and they introduce themselves and they give a whole tour of the farm. And I was like, ah, I was hoping you cool. could... Yeah, I was just hoping you could hire them and they would fix a camera in front of the llama and your boss would be talking and be like, is James on the call? Mm. Is, uh, is Frank? Mm. Who, who's in the bottom right corner? Is that a llama? Who hired a llama? Perfect. Why do why do we have a llama? <laughs> Is he eating the keyboard? What the wh- who the hell put the llama on here? And you just have a great time, right? I'm just yeah, saying. How could it go bad? I'm just thinking. 
out loud here, Sweet Farms. Do it that way. Don't give a tour of your farm. It'll ruin everything. It'll ruin it. Okay, we're going to take a break. We're going to hear from our guest of honor today, the fantastic Hollis Brown. This is their awesome jam, Do Me Right, off their newest album, right here on The Doc G Show.
And we are back here on the Doc G Show. Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Dave? Guys, at this point in the quarantine, we know you know how to download a podcast. Mm -hmm. So do us a favor. Go to wherever you get your podcast Mm -hmm. from and download the Doc G Show. You'll be happy you did. You'll probably listen to it more than your other podcasts. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. Doesn't oh. really matter. But as long as you give us a five-star rating, we'll be happy yep. and thankful. Yeah. We won't thank you any more and about then, it. Nope. And you can go check out the website, too. Watch some cool videos. Mm. www.thedocgshow.com. need to get this quarantine over so I can make some more cool videos to put on there. Yes. Uh, Dave, before exactly. we move on to shout-outs, uh, I did have two more stories. So I've got two okay. more ripped from the headlines here. But first, before that, uh, I would like to point out something that I find uh, found a, a little... Uh, two things, actually, Dave. Um, the first Go thing, I was talking to a friend of mine uh, the other day. And not, not a close friend, nope. but a friend. Yes! And she was like, yeah, what have you been doing? Keep busy during the quarantine. And I was like, uh, you know, doing my radio show. Really getting into that, trying to find the best guests, try to make the most entertaining show. And she's like, oh, you have a radio show? What's it about? And I was like, you know, like I said, not that good of a friend. So she doesn't know that, you know? And I was like, I was like, oh, you know, mainly music and comedy. She was like, oh, I didn't know you were funny. Just as serious as possible. I didn't know you're funny. And I was like, oh, you know what? Well, maybe if you listened to the f***ing show, you'd hear something funny. <laughs> nah, you know, I lost it so, a little bit. At least you have, you have friends like her and friends like your friend. Yeah, Beatrice will hype me up. I need to go back to her and be like, they, they balance B, out. can you laugh at some things for me? Thanks. Make me feel better. Good Lord. The other girl is just, that doesn't think you're Jeez. funny. Jeez. Anyways, Dave, the other thing I want to say, I was trying to get a guest on the show the other day, and I emailed a publicist yeah. from an unnamed musical artist. They're pretty mm-hmm. famous musical artists, but I won't, I won't name them. Mm-hmm. And uh, she yeah. emailed me back, which is nice because, you know, a lot of them don't even mm-hmm. email me back. Nope. And she said, right. oh, I'm sorry. We're not doing any local radio right now. Emphasizing local, Dave. She she put like local, local in caps or bolded it or underlined no, it. No, I just emphasized it for her. Uh, <laughs> you emphasized it, okay? <laughs> yeah, no, I. Sorry, I, I, my reading license there. I read it as she emphasized it. It didn't really actually happen. That's yeah. the way I read it. And you know what, Dave? Sure. I got to be honest. Um, our listeners in Dublin, in in London, in Genoa, in Barcelona, in Maputo, in Hamburg. I think they'd be interested in knowing that they're local Floridians. Yes! I think that'd be interesting for them to know. Yeah. Yeah. They can claim that now. A- on their apparently, thanks to this <laughs> unknown publicist. That's right. Anyways, I had to get those two stories, Dave. They were eating away at me. Yeah. Throw them out um, there, but don't name let's them. Let's do a couple <laughs> more rip from the headlines. This story here, Dave, is, is right. the one from CBS Channel 9 in Southern California. Uh... 
they have been social distancing like the rest of the country, and they've had some problems like the rest Mm -hmm. of the country, Dave. Uh, I wouldn't say any uh, worse than any other state, but they've had them nonetheless. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. uh, on April 1st, they closed down all of their parks around San Clemente, Mm -hmm. uh, California, because of uh, COVID. Mm -hmm. Uh, However, uh, at one particular state park called Ralph's State Park, uh, nobody was listening to the closing, right? Nope. Uh, nobody was listening. They had trespassing signs uh, uh, posted, and they had parks closed signs, and kids were just going right past the signs and still skating. Girl, come on! Well, mm. city officials noticed this going on, and they decided to uh, take care of the situation. Uh, their solution was to fill the skate park with 37 tons of sand. Word. Oh. Yeah. Harsh. Yeah. First of all, I got to say, I don't fault the city for reacting to people not listening to their orders. That's a little, you know, so that's irritating. But but they had to buy the sand from somewhere. Yeah, they really went overboard, Dave. Like, I mean, filling the park with 37 tons of sand, you're just being a spiteful <laughs> Like, there's nothing to it. Like, I mean, wouldn't it have been much cheaper and... That's a big F you. Wouldn't it have been much cheaper and way less effort to just, like, put an on-duty cop at the park and when somebody came to skate, just be like, hey, don't skate here. End of story. But instead... And they'd stop coming. Instead, this city was like, you know what? Three dump trucks full of sand. Pay for the sand. Fill the park. Like, and the, what are they going to do after the quarantining is over? Like, are they going to get an excavation team to dig the skate park out? Or are they just going to be like, you know what? It's a giant sandbox now. Enjoy. There's your giant sandbox. Like, yes! what? It's crazy, Dave. Dang, I wonder how much that costs. Man, in the, a time like this, you need to be paying for something else. Yeah. Like emergency supplies and just stuff. a rough guess Not though. Freaking. I would guess San Clemente. They're pretty close to some sand that they could get their hands on for fairly cheap. Be my guess. But anyways, nonetheless, maybe, uh, maybe. our second story that I got, Dave, is from Tucson.com. Now, uh, Dave, another place like the skate parks that have been closed during this pandemic are a lot of the national parks. That's a fact. And. Some of them don't necessarily close all the way down, you know? They just close Mm -hmm. some of their functions, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, Mm. Now, of course, that hasn't stopped a lot of folks from going through the national parks, you know, even though parts are closed. Which, I mean, when you think about it, it's a national park. You don't really need everything to be open to walk through it. Nope. But there is one very important thing that you need to be open, and that's bathrooms. The restroom? Bathrooms. Oh, man, I'm good. You are. This week in the... But but in nature, you can also well, just make it your Follow toilet. me on this uh, Coronado National Forest story, <laughs> Dave. Apparently, in Coronado National Forest in Arizona, they released a news release telling the public to, quote, not deposit your Stop. solid waste outside or surrounding the restrooms. Ew. So... Well, that was a very nice way of putting it. So apparently, <laughs> folks have been going into the park, realizing they need to use the bathroom, realizing the bathroom is locked, and instead of going to find a secluded place out in nature 
to do their business, they've just dropped their pants right beside the bathroom and been like, this is where I'm taking my Ew. Like. Oh, wow. What? God. <laughs> that is awful. What? Guys, a little more self-control. Oh, already here. A little more self-control. Nobody wants to walk up to the closed bathroom and see your business that's sitting there. It's gross, man. It's gross. Oh, man, that's funny. It's weird. Weird, too, Dave. All right. All right, Dave. Of course, we got to shout out all those local listeners now, you know? Yeah, we do. All of our locals. All of our locals. So first off, we start, of course, Jacksonville. Shout out to everybody in the Jacksonville area. All the surrounding oh, yeah. areas. Atlantic Beach, Neptune, Ponte Vedra, downtown. Uh, I mean, just everywhere, Dave. Everywhere. Um, we love you guys. Columbia, South Carolina. Shout out to the the head of the Palmetto the State there. Uh, Mountain View, California, our West Coast connection. Shout out to Mountain View. Shout out, Shout out to Radford, Go. Virginia, the Highlanders. Shout out to you guys. Shout Thanks out. for listening. London. And when I say London, I'm going to start doing it just like Jacksonville. I mean all the places in London. All of London. Stoke, Newington, Islington, Hackney, Hornsey, Paddington, Wimbledon, all the places that listen to us. Yeah. And those those places do listen to us, Dave. That's right. Yes. Shout out to everybody in London. Shout Big out. UK listeners. Shout out to Gainesville, Florida. Shout, Shout out. out to Ashburn, Virginia. Shout Virginia's out. for Doc G lovers, Dave. Uh, yes. Shout out to Madison, Tennessee. Shout, shout out to Barcelona, Spain. Keeping it real. Like shout it. Out. Shout out to Kenner, Louisiana, right there in New Orleans. Shout out, shout out to Dublin, Ireland, of course. Shout, shout out. out to Amberg, Germany. Shout, shout out. out to the Queen City, Charlotte, North Carolina. Shout, shout, out. shout out to Genoa, Italy. Shout out shout to Maputo, out. Mozambique. And lastly, Dave, shout a new addition. They've been regular enough. Mm. Don't let me down, guys. Shout out to the Star City, Roanoke, Virginia. There we go. There we go. Dang, shout out to y'all. Welcome to the crew. Welcome to the regulars, guys. Welcome to the regulars. All right, semi-regulars, Dave. And this is a special shout out to start out semi-regulars. Frisco, Texas. And the special shout out is to Jenny and KJ Cho at Detour Donuts. Because they gave us a shout out on their Instagram from when we were talking to Rev Ramos about going to Detour Donuts. That's right. That's right. Yo, yeah. that's dope. Yeah. Shout out to you guys. And I'll be, Welcome. I'll be honest. I took a gander at their different donuts on Instagram, Dave. I got a little hungry. And you got hungry. I got a little hungry. I know it. After quarantine, we're driving to Frisco, Texas. I did a little mapping. It's going to take us 15 hours. That's right. Don't worry. Let's do when it. When we get there, we're either having the snick. It'll be worth We're having it, man. the Snickers donut or the pecan yes. pie donut. I guess since it both. Yeah. Of them. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Either one would tickle my fancy. Sweet. So shout out to Frisco. Shout out to mm. Detour Donuts. Shout okay. Out. Other semi regs here. San Francisco, California. Shout out. Shout Boise, out. Idaho. Shout out. Shout out. Windy City, Chicago, Illinois. Shout out. Shout out. Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Shout out. Shout San out. Jose, California. Yes. Shout out. And Shout out. Uh, uh, Brisbane, Australia. Uh, let me, uh, hold on. Let me say it in the correct Australia. Brisbane, Australia. There we go. 
There you go. Nice. Yeah. That was good. You turned it on real quick. Well, you just got to think. Like I said, Dave, way back in the day, you just got to look at it and say, how would you normally pronounce it? It would be with an owl in it. It wouldn't be Australia like we say. It would be Australia. Yeah. Australia. No, you got to get more AL in there. You got to get it more. Foster's Australia They're for beer. Better. Better. You had to repeat. Nice. Keep working on it. Keep working on it. I'm going to quiz you. I will. I will. Okay. Newbies. Newbies. I'm excited about these two newbies. Uh, first off, from the Northeast. Never been to their state. Need to go. Lincoln, Rhode Island. Shout out. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I'd like to go to Rhode Island, too. Have you you never been? Hmm. I probably driven Maybe. through it. Yeah. But I don't Have think so. Have you driven to Boston in the Northeast? Like going from like New yeah, York? Yeah, driven to Boston. Yeah, you probably you mm -hmm. went through. You went through. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh Lincoln's just a little bit north of Providence, you know? Providence uh biggest city there in Rhode Island. The main city. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You're sort of in between the Friars. Uh Lincoln is a little bit closer to Providence than they are Boston. And not a little bit. They're like, I don't know. I, it was hard. I look quick at a map. I'd say 30 miles out, <laughs> 30 miles. That's just a guess. Dave, I've been told if I go to Lincoln, I need to hit up Blackstone River State Park. So, okay. There you go. After quarantine, first Frisco, Texas. Second, Rhode Island. Make our way up. We we take a trip to see our ladies, the 420 old fat lesbians in Maine, and we stop in Rhode Island yes. as we go. There we go. Nice. There we go. Okay, next uh, new shout out here. It's the ninth largest city in the European Union, Budapest, Hungary. Oh. There we go. Shout out. Budapest. Oh, welcome, guys. Yeah. Now, this is what I found pretty cool about Budapest, Dave. They uh, on the Danube River. They've got uh, a bunch of little islands actually in Budapest. You know, the Danube runs through. Really? Yeah, and they've got these little islands. And I was particularly uh, fond of Margaret Island. Yes! Uh, Margaret seems like the place to be in summer Budapest. Uh, they've got swimming pools. They got gardens. They've got fitness centers. They got tracks. Wow. It's got, I mean, it's, it's really nice over there, Dave. It seems like uh, a, a hangout spot for all the the youth. Uh, I, the hipsters. I don't know if I'm included well, in I mean, the hipster. youth anymore, but I'll hipsters. I'll sneak in. The youth. I'll sneak in, and then somebody will be like, hey. Yeah, man, just shave. You'll fit. There's in. old dudes in here. And I'm like, what? No. They'll beat you the up. The young dude in Margaret Island with you guys. The, the young, cool guy. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out, though, to Budapest. Shout out to everybody listening. Thank you for being locals on the Doc G Show. We appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank okay, you. Okay, Dave. I hmm, This one's going to be a toughie. Uh, this is going to be a toughie. Uh -oh. Okay, here we go. Born on April 22nd, 1990 in Houston, Texas, with the name Richard Colson Baker. So now he goes by something well, else. Again, 1990. 1990. Uh, our birthday okay. suit wearer was constantly moving as a young child because his parents were missionaries. They lived in Egypt, Germany, Chicago, Denver, other places on the list. Mm -hmm. Sixth grade, our birthday suit wearer found a rap. He was inspired by rappers, okay. most by Ludacris, Eminem, and DMX. By high school, our birthday suit wearer had moved to Cleveland. He took his name by... Cuddy? No. 
He took his he okay. took his name by his fast rapping approach. In 2009, he made several trips to the famed Apollo Theater and won consecutive victories, making him the first rapper to win at the Apollo. I did not know that. Mm. And I was very surprised when I read this. Uh, in 2010, he signed with Bad Boy Records. His first album was mm -hmm. called Lace Up and Turned Gold. Nice. He went on to release four more idol albums titled General Admission, Bloom, Hotel mm. Diablo, and Tickets to My Downfall. Mm. He also has started doing a lot of acting. In the Netflix uh, movie The Dirt about Molly Crew, he played Tommy Lee. Name that birthday suit wearer. You got any singles for me? Uh, Invincible. No. No. No, I, I don't know any other. Uh, I can't think of any don't more. I'm trying to think. The only rapper I can think of that like reps Cleveland is is Kid Cudi. So, uh, think tall and white. Hmm. Tall, white, tall and, and skinny. White. Blonde hair. A lot of tattoos, of course. Um. White guys, younger. You got. I'm probably gonna give uh, it away. MGK. There you go. There it is. There it Ooh. is. Machine Gun Kelly. Yes, indeed. Let's go. Yes. Okay. Machine Gun Kelly. I will be honest. Um, I was blown away that he won several times at the Apollo Theater. I mean, I don't know what. I guess they have rap battles. No, 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 no. Mm. You, 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 you have you have never heard of the Apollo? Huh? I mean, I've heard of it, but I don't know. Girl, come on. Well, it, it's basically. Well, you mean he won? Well, it's basically like something. there are several performances, right? They have several performances, uh -huh. all kinds of different like entertainers. Yeah, all kinds of different entertainers, uh, and they okay. choose the audience. Either boos you off the stage, or they cheer you on and say, "Keep this guy going." Oh, and then at the end of the night, they oh, say, wow. "Who wins?" That's right. So it's a you know it's it is super super intense. I would cave under yeah. that pressure in two seconds. I don't know what type. But you, but you're funny. I don't man. know what type of talent I would do. <laughs> I would go out there and, well, you, Dave, you know, I would sing, obviously. I would bust out one right. of my awesome jams that I've While done. While you're playing the drums. I, one of the awesome jams that I've done on here that you said we needed to do a montage of. Nonetheless, yes. he is turning the big 3-0. Wow. Machine Gun Telly. Oh, 30. Going into the 30s. Wow, younger than I thought. Dirty 30s, okay. man. Yeah, well, he started pretty young. Happy birthday, MGK. Started pretty. Yeah, I hear he did. I still haven't seen it because I, I did. I, I am that person. I did read the book. Uh, I still haven't seen the actual movie, The Dirt. But uh, I heard he did a really good job as Tommy Lee. He played a really good Tommy Lee, hmm. which I feel like they cast him pretty well for Tommy Lee. So there you go. So true. All right. Cool. Happy birthday, MGK. Uh, Happy birthday, boy. Yes, indeed. Uh, Dave, we are going to hear one more from Hollis Brown, and then we will be back with none other than Mike Montali from Hollis Brown, right here on the Doc G Show. Hey, what's up? This Rock Montana. This Mucho Yellow. And this Rockin' Yellow. And you're listening to Doc G Show from 803 to 904, the best show on the radio. You dig? 
Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today we are joined by Mike Mentali, the lead singer and songwriter of Hollis Brown. Mike, how you doing, sir? I'm doing all right. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. So uh, first I got to ask, being in New York, sort of the epicenter of the pandemic, uh, how's everything going right now? You know, we're holding on here. You know, I grew up in Queens, New York. I still live here. And it's kind of the center of of where all this stuff is going down. And, uh, you know, the energy was a little weird, especially about a week or so ago. You could really feel going outside was a little tricky. You know, we haven't been going out too much here the last month. But um, I think we're on the other side of things. It seems like things are getting a little better. So hopefully we can continue. And in a few weeks, we'll start to figure out how to get back to some normal life hopefully hopefully yeah. uh getting to spend more time with otis yeah man a lot of time awesome Maybe too much time i think he's <laughs> tired of me already now now is he named after otis redding or is it just otis the dog no otis redding nice uh, my, fa- my favorite singer fantastic fantastic he's definitely up there in my my list I always tell people, and I know the listeners are well aware, uh, I think I have to put Sam Cooke as my my favorite. So true. Um, But Otis is definitely, definitely near the top. Um, Yeah, you know, it's funny. I was, one time we were playing a show down near uh, Washington, D.C., and we were at a truck stop, and it was kind of the middle of the night. We finished our gig, and we were actually driving back to New York after the gig, and we stopped in a truck stop. And I met Hubert Sumlin at, hmm. this, at this truck stop. He just figured, uh, finished a gig also, who was famous for being yeah. Alan Wolf's guitar player. And we got around to talking around, grabbing a cup of coffee, because I guess we were both driving back where we had to go. And, you know, I was we were talking about our favorite singers, and I said mine was Otis Redding, and he said the same as you, that his was Sam, uh, Cook. Sam Cook. So, <clears throat> you know, nice. got good taste, I guess. I mean, you know, Otis. Otis is in that he he was in that uh, he he had a little bit more effort in his song. You could feel his voice pushing a little bit harder. Where Sam made it almost seem effortless. Sometimes, you know, there was just it was just this smooth quality that he had that I just it just classic man, classic. Both of them yeah. were fantastic. Yeah, and I think maybe for me, I, I find myself, you know pushing a little bit especially we have a pretty you know rocking band so i find myself trying to emulate maybe a little more of the otis approach in terms of my delivery the mick jagger kind of yeah you know pushing little pushing pushing sound so yeah they're both phenomenal i've actually heard that a a lot actually from different you know rock singers influence i know i know like uh shinedown's lead singer his favorite his favorite uh artist is otis redding and so, you know, I mean, I know he, I know he pushes, so it makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. I think you need a little bit of the grit when you rock and roll, you know, you need yeah. a little bit of that, of that, um, force in your voice. And, yeah. And, and, and so. For sure. For sure. Well, you guys, uh, you've done some live shows, uh, since the, the quarantine sort of started, got to, you know, play in front of some folks, I think on Instagram and Facebook and whatnot. Uh, obviously, it's not been the same as an actual live performance, but uh, how have you liked the the experience so far? You know, I really enjoyed it. Um, I don't know how much longer uh, <laughs> I will enjoy it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's kind of it's kind of different playing kind of your heart out, and then you're done, and then there's a scream there. Yeah. But 
with that said, I think people are really enjoying it. Yeah. And it's helping people get through their day. And it's definitely helping me get through my day because music is like therapy for me. So being able to play in any capacity is always uh, feels great uh, for me and my, you know, my energy and what I need in my life. So I just love playing and I'm happy that there's an outlet uh, online, luckily, that we're able to go out and play our tunes and play other people's tunes. And we've been doing like all request stuff, which is covers and yeah. really cool stuff. So it's been really cool, and you know, people have been responding great to it. And you know, the, at the end of the day, between a, it's not quite a live show, but the point of music and, and seeing somebody play in front of you is to have connection and to feel something. So as long as that's still happening on some level, I think I hope it continues. Yeah, I, I think you get a different uh, a listener. You know, I mean, you you've got those folks that are always coming to shows that love shows that love the live experience. And then there are people that don't really so much, but they still want it. They just don't want to go out to the venues. And I think a lot of those people actually have been sort of thriving with all these options in front of them during this time. Because, like, you know, all all my former guests that I follow on Instagram, it's just, you know, live show after live show that I'm like, I could tune in to this one now. Yes! I can watch them. I could watch these guys yes! play. I could watch these guys play. Yes! And it is. I mean, it's it's a great way to connect and, and stay with the music. It's uh, it's pretty yeah, for us it For us, it's, uh, it's been a little different because, you know, we're a five-piece band normally, pretty rocking and, and yeah. pretty full-on. So me and John, the guitar player, we're neighbors here in New York. We live a, a couple blocks away, so we're just walking to each other's house that we can't really get the other guys involved on them so it's been a little different because we're able to now play these songs maybe in a little bit of a different way and showcase some of the different points of the song that yeah. maybe we weren't able to before like you know maybe the lyrics shine through a little more because the song kind of has to stand on its own because we, we're not able to do some of the more interesting arrangement things that we can with the full band so you know it's just a cool way to maybe revisit some of the songs we haven't played in a while and, and see where it goes. For sure, for sure. Well, Hollis Brown uh, is 11 years deep, really, into the career. Three studio albums. Uh, but you you and John, uh, that you just mentioned, started the band way back when you guys were in high school. Um, how did you guys meet? And were you immediately like, let's do music or did it take a while to to build up to that and be like, oh, we both enjoy music, let's try it out? Was it just automatic, or how did that happen? Yeah, we met, I guess, through friends, because, you know, we were in Queens. There's a lot of different culture and a lot of different musical uh, interests, and we were the probably the few people in, in, the, in our high school that wanted to play guitar and, and do rock music. Yeah. Uh, so we kind of gravitated toward each other in that, but it did take a while. You know, we jammed a few times in high school, but it wasn't really until after high school when we both were in college, in Queens College, mm -hmm. that we decided to, you know, uh, start writing songs, really. And, and, and then once we had a bunch of songs together, we decided to get a, a, a band together and yeah. try and start playing those songs live. And, you know, that wound up taking a few years even just trying to kick it around New York and, and find it could know 
we, at one point we were just underage, really sneaking into places to try and get on stage and stuff. And um, it was a lot of fun at, at that time. But I, I don't think we really became a real band making, you know, until probably our first album came out in 2013 uh, called Ride on the Train. That seems to be when we became an actual band that was able to, you know, get on stage and do a proper a proper show and, yeah. and travel in the re and pra travel in the region and and built kind of a fan base so you know we were kind of just figuring things out for a little while together yeah well you you mentioned it as far as you know uh when you guys started and you two were both into guitars and rock music and when, when i think new york city even even you know a little bit further into the past i usually think hip-hop and i think punk rock like those are, you know, big staples of New York. Uh, when you guys started, was was it really uh, was was there a big group that you knew of around your area of New York that gravitated towards rock and roll music, or was it just you two that were really wanted to drive it, and you were like, we're going to make it happen regardless? Yeah, I think it was more the latter. You know, around us, it was a lot of hip-hop and a lot of uh, New York City hardcore music, believe yeah. it or not. It's big in Queens, uh, you know, in the punk rock movement. But, you know, also in New York, there's a big songwriter uh, approach that, you know, people don't realize that Paul Simon got his start yeah. in Queens and Kiss started in, you know, Queens and Brooklyn. And, and New York in general had Bob Dylan here for a long time and Lou Reed, so... There, it's kind of a very New York is one of those things you can kind of find what you're naturally attracted to, and there is a bit of a an outlet for you. But I think rock and roll is on the smaller side versus the hip hop or the punk or the uh, you know hardcore yeah. music back when we were first starting um, for sure like I said 11 years ago at this point for sure for sure now in your mind when you think uh, New York rock uh is your is your number one lou reed since you guys have uh have covered his album before and i know you're a huge fan yeah i would think so um in, t in terms of yeah definitely for, for <laughs> us the velvet underground is kind of where it, it, it starts for new york uh songwriting and rock definitely yeah. you know yeah now it was but i'm into all types of stuff well, that, that's what I was about to say. I mean, I've noticed you're a lover of all music, and on, on your uh, on your podcast, you've talked to all kinds of different uh, artists as far as, you know, uh, Run DMC and, and Counting Crows and everything else. What, like, as, as far as first inspirations, who was the first artist that really got you inspired to start songwriting? Or was it an artist? Did you just start yourself yeah. sort of organically? I think I always wanted to be a writer in some capacity, even before I was heavy into music. You know, I was always interested in writing stories and poetry and stuff like that. But um, and even writing songs and, and lyrics and form before I could even really sing or play anything. So I always had the writing bug. But when I heard the Beatles for mm. the first time, probably in like fifth grade or sixth grade was when I really thought, oh, man, this is. There's something to this. So I would say the Beatles probably yeah. is the start for so, me. So of, many of go everything. back to it. So many go back. Yeah, because they're the perfect, perfect band for um, 
so many reasons with melody. They, they're a vocal band in the in the tradition of the Everly Brothers. At the beginning, they they are a psychedelic band. Mm -hmm. They are um, they're a band band like Let It Be and all those kind of records. Abbey Road, you can hear them just playing together like a band should be. So they can do all different types of stuff and experimental and and pop and melodic. And so I think I kind of saw the versatility in that and I and, and I hopefully we try and carry that along in what we're doing. For sure, for sure. Now the name uh Hollis Brown comes from the Bob Dylan uh ballad of Hollis Brown and uh it's actually a pretty bleak story, uh the actual song, uh, you know, about a starving farmer who who kills himself and his family there. What? Obviously Bob's omnipotent in music. He just pops up everywhere sort of like the Beatles but uh how, how did you decide on that was that just you heard it and you said that sounds sounds good that sounds yeah well we were hanging out in John's uh dad's garage when we were first writing you know we we're originally a garage band and we were throwing around what are we going to call ourselves what are we going to do and we took weeks let's call ourselves this and that and we thought okay the Rolling Stones who's another one of our mutual favorites oh, yeah. their band name from a muddy water song so we thought okay let's you know let's think of what kind of songs we're writing which would probably uh be which would become our first album like it's been 2013 and and they were all kind of around either regular people or had this kind of roots american approach and um we thought okay so maybe we should go more into songwriters and who's the greatest american songwriter and for us it was bob dylan and then mm -hmm. we thought well you know hollis brown is kind of a cool name because it, we are a band and a group of people but this gives us one identity and one name we can all kind of get behind and assume this identity together and so we try and and have an approach to our band where we're um together in the sense that if you take one person out the whole the whole style and the whole thing would change and even if, as we've had a few members come and go that has happened to the sound so yeah. i think hollis brown was able to give us when we form together we have this one sound and um and again we just now we can't get rid of it so. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 i guess one of the last uh questions about inspiration there i saw actually just a, a week ago or so you and andy had a podcast on zeppelin and you were talking about oh, yeah. about Zeppelin and specifically Zeppelin Four. Um, wh what about what about Zeppelin? Do you really appreciate? I mean, obviously, there's all kinds of things, but uh, wh what about Zeppelin Four? And what's your favorite song on Zeppelin Four? Well, that was probably one uh, right around the time I was listening to the Beatles. That was probably one of the first rock albums that I, you know, really got into and. Mm -hmm. and one of the bands I got into. I just really appreciate their unique take on the blues. Yeah. And I, something I'm really attracted to British people playing American blues. I yeah. think there's something to that that just really is great. And I always dug how uh, Robert Plant was able to push his voice a lot and um, just the talent of the musicianship behind. Oh, yeah. uh, every one of them really mm -hmm. and, uh, and their individual instruments and their ability to go from a, a sappy kind of acoustic song to the next song just being in your face 
craziness and then bringing in that psychedelic aspect again. I just, I like their versatility. Yeah. I like their ability to also create that kind of mystique around them where you never really knew what was going on with them behind the scenes. It kind of had this aura about them. And I just, I mean, I just love their production. I really love basically Zeppelin one through probably houses of the Holy. I think I could just, I, I dig every song yeah. that way, you know, for sure. For sure. Um, it is. It's amazing. Their creativity. They're, they're one of those yeah. bands that you just, uh, somebody brings up a, a type of song or a, a riff or anything, and you're like, well, Zeppelin did that first. So true. And then you go back yeah. and you see it, and you're like, wow, they did. Wow. <laughs> like, and it's just, Yeah, and they, you know, they basically launched the hard rock genre yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. So, yeah. Very I'm impressive. big into that band. And, and, you know, the lyrics were versatile as well. And mm -hmm. they, I don't know, it's just a really cool band. For and, sure. And the, 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 the fact that they were able to put out so many good albums and Such short, a, you know, they were yeah. putting two albums a year out at one point. It's yeah. Like unbelievable. Well, I mean, yeah, one through four, it's so amazing. Just, I mean, and I really, I mean, like you said, the, the whole band's talented, but I put the most on Paige because it seemed like he had just been saving up all of these ideas from when he was in the birds and when he was a session player and all this stuff and he just was like yes! and now i've actually got this creative outlet boom and just put it all out there and said here's all the songs extremely impressive uh zeppelin's catalog that's right now i usually like to ask my guest uh this question um about their hometown uh, but I feel like New York's so big and there's so many great options, it might be tough. I usually ask, uh, if I'm coming to your town, where should I eat? Mm. Uh, but <laughs> if, 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 you, if there are too many options, I'll also give you the option of telling me the best meal you can remember you've had on the road when you were touring, since we could be a little bit nostalgic right now of touring. If you can think of the best tour uh, food or the best place I should eat if I'm coming to Queens? You can choose right, either. Give, uh, uh, yeah, well, I'll start with the best place in Queens to eat. Oh, For okay. me, is a, is a place in Astoria, mm -hmm. Queens, right near uh, my neighborhood. It's called Taverna Kiklades. It's a Greek restaurant. Ooh. It is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Maybe the best in New York. Nice. Um, for Greek food, yeah. It's, it's Amazing. And uh, best meal I've had on the road, there's been quite a few. Let me think, man. That's a tough one. That's a harder one than... Because <laughs> I think, you know... Well, you no doubt you 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 accumulate some on the road, and I mean sometimes it's a little it's a little bit fuzzy. You had to eat fast; it was great, but you you, you might not remember it all the way. Yeah, I think that's how it most of the time is. You know, um, there's been some great ones, but I, I, it's probably been more bad than good. <laughs> but, <laughs> but definitely, um, I would say probably in Italy, there's been Ooh. some good or something like that that was unbelievable. Nice. But, yeah, let's go with that. I can go with some I can imagine in in the country that would probably be pretty spectacular. They have a knack for making things so simple but so good. Yes! So so impressive. All right, I got one Wait, for what? you. Oh, okay. It was our last European tour, we were in Germany mm -hmm. in a place called a Scheffenberg mm. and we just stopped for the night. We were traveling to the next the gig the next day and we just yeah. stopped in a random place and an inn. 
and it was the only place open, and there was a bratwurst meal there mm. that was out of control. <laughs> and so I'm going to go with that because I still remember that. One. Nice, that was amazing. stuck in amazing. stuck in the head. All right, we got the, oh amazing the German the German food. Nice, I like it, man. Now I'm I'm always interested. Speaking of sort of touring, there I'm always interested in checking out the majority of of band listeners. Uh, where where you get the most of your fans, you know. So I like when when a when an artist comes on the show, I'll check out the the different platforms and look where their listeners are coming on. Uh, and I noticed your biggest listening group is actually Chicago hmm. on Spotify. You have the most listeners in Chicago. Do you have any idea why the traction was there in Chicago or just digging your music? Yeah, that's actually news to me, so that's amazing. Um, yeah. Probably, probably because we've played some really good shows this year in Chicago. And nice. Well, this year in 2019, when we yeah. put our album uh, Ozone Park out in June of 2019, we pretty much were on the road from then until the end of the year. So we hit the road pretty hard. And I think we did about three shows in Chicago in that six-month span. And they were all really good. We opened for a band called Thunder Pussy there. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And uh, you know that band? Yeah. yeah. so cool. We did a whole tour with them. That was great. And nice. We played a place called Reggie's uh, Rock Club in Chicago that was rocking. And then we played another great show there, uh, Lincoln Hall, opening for a band called Vintage Trouble there mm. as well. So um, I think we maybe just played a lot of really good shows and connected with people. And um, yeah. it's a great city, great city to hang in. For sure. Um, yeah, it's a, real, it's a music town, and, and maybe our music is connecting for some reason there. I think so. You guys on uh, Three Shots had a really interesting, your second album there, had a really interesting situation. You recorded the song Rain Dance, uh, which is actually on recorded on an unreleased Bo Diddley track, which seems like a, you know, a one in a million chance. And I couldn't really find out how you got the opportunity to record that track on uh, on a Bo Diddley unreleased track. How did that come about? Uh, getting yeah, we were that. playing. Uh, we were playing a house concert in northern New Jersey, mm -hmm. and the head of the Bo Diddley estate was at that show, mm -hmm. and we were introduced to her. And um, we got around to talking after the gig. She stayed around. She was actually Bo's organ player for thirty years as well as his manager mm -hmm. and the head of the estate at the time. So she was super into music and knew how to play. And and, and so we hung around after, and then. At some point, she had mentioned that they had all these recordings that Bo Diddley had done before he died, and because he was one of the original people to have a home studio, you know, he was very uh, inventive. So he, yeah. you know, built his own guitars. He built it in. He built himself a home studio back before anyone even thought about doing this. And so they said they had all this stuff in a vault, and they were thinking about doing a compilation of some kind with different artists finishing Bo Diddley songs. And we, yeah. You know, got the courage to say, hey, can you send us one? We just want to hear it, you know, because we're all big fans of all the original rock and roll guys from Chuck Berry down to, you know, everybody. Else. For sure. Um, yeah. And so after basically harassing her for a few <laughs> months, they finally sent us this raw, you know, um, 
raw file. And then, man, it was just really cool to hear just as a fan. Yeah. And then we got up the courage to say, well, I don't know if you're still interested in actually getting other artists. You know, they were talking about huge artists like, you know, Jack White and all these people. And we're like, well, before you do that, maybe we can <laughs> see if we can go in and add something to this and see if you like the, the process before yeah. you, you know, approach, uh, you know, Van Halen or something. And, uh, <laughs> and so, uh, and so they said, okay, yeah. And, and, and so we went in the studio on one day and we put his, we took the guitar track from his original recording because he had drums, he had every, you know, the classic Bo Diddley beat and all that. But we just took his guitar and we over, we underdubbed to his guitar. So the whole track, we put the drums, the bass, all the keyboards, everything, and the vocals all to his original thing. And we underdubbed to him. And then we mixed it with them and, and they really, uh, they liked it and we did too so yeah. when we were looking for songs to and recordings to make our three shots album back in 2015 um it was just uh, natural to put that one on there and 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 it wound up being pretty good for us because it got on the trailer of a a movie a couple different things and um yeah, it was a really successful song for us. So for sure, got to happen for sure. Well, so along those same lines, you've got you know you've you've got to do some pretty great things in those uh, eleven years. You got to tour with great bands, uh, Counting Crows and Citizen Cope and Zombies, and uh, you, you Bo Diddley song played some awesome venues. Got some really good tracks in there. So far in the first eleven years of Hollis Brown, what would you? say would be the closest to a, a dream come true moment for you hmm. that you, you step back and you said wow this is amazing i mean i'd say there's probably a lot but what can you think of off the top of your head i would say singing uh walk this way with uh dmc and run dmc was probably the most wow dreamlike moment for me yeah you know I mean? uh yeah that was a, that was one i remember there's been a, a where, bunch of them where know, did that doing, happen uh, that happened at a place called brooklyn bowl nice. in um, new york city yeah which was just a packed show of you know probably you know, a couple thousand people and singing walk this way with with a legend of course it was unbelievable yeah um another one was singing um you can't always get what you want with Cindy Lauper. Oh that man, was pretty cool. That yeah, was a cool one. I saw. I saw the uh, on Instagram the uh, the the post with Cindy Lauper there that show. Yeah, that's that's for sure. Yeah, there's been quite a few, man. We you know, and it's really like I said, it seems for us seems it's happened in seven years because we kind of really didn't yeah. know what we were doing for those first. Yeah. Four or five years just writing songs and showing up to gigs and just playing and leaving we without even caring about getting paid and doing all this <laughs> dumb stuff, you know. It was like we were just young and just trying to find any stage we could play on in any any bar or any anywhere. And, and so, you know, but I, like I said, it feels like we became a band with that first that first record when we decided to name ourselves Hollis Brown because we had the material that felt kind of like rootsy and american in spirit and um and we've been going hard ever since so for sure for sure now like you said you you've got to work with these artists and perform with these artists and toured with some and 
And like I said, you, you've interviewed several of them for the Scenesters podcast. Uh, who would you say out of that group, like all the, the different folks, I know you've you've done a couple tours there with Counting Crows. Who would you say you've learned the most from hmm. as far as, as artistry and, and being a band? I would definitely say the Counting Crows uh, touring operation was a huge learning experience for us. It was on the Three Shots album cycle in 2015, and um, Adam Durrett became a fan of our band, and he asked us if we would open for them in basically a full national tour, which was like 40-something shows over like four or five months. And so we traveled the whole country with them, and... You know, we didn't really know what we were doing still and at the time <laughs> in, ter- in terms of how to tour as a, a group of people together and yeah. to work and just seeing their, you know, because we were playing amphitheaters and like really big places and just to see how they had this family dynamic with all their, you know, uh, crew members and mm-hmm. how they did catering and there's so many li- and how they how they toured and built a stage and did the merch and everything, you know, it was yeah. really a, seeing a, a, a let, you know, a, a seminal band of their uh, generation still operating at a high level. Um, so many years after their, you know, main success, I think was a, really a learning experience for us on what to do and what not to do. And, and just being able to talk to them backstage because they're so cool, all the members and pick their brains and, find out about their lives and, and how they you know live day to day it was it was a huge huge learning experience which you know i think we've taken that into still being able to do it for sure for sure so let's talk about the newest album uh ozone park I've got a uh, I've got a copy coming, an autograph copy. I'm pretty excited about it coming from nice. uh, Music Record Shop, courtesy of them. Uh, now you had uh, Adam Landry producing, who also did the the first album, and I saw you recorded here in the state. You recorded at Fort Myers. Now it, it's been it was four years since Three Shots came out. Were you writing songs over that entire period? Or was this uh, was this more of a, a a project closer to that time that you recorded? Uh, I think it was a combination of both. You know, um, we really w- when Three Shots came out and we we toured a lot, probably for two and a half years on just that record, just yeah. constantly playing places, and um, we also. You know, for an indie band, it's kind of like you make a record, you put it out, and then you have to fight for a chance to make another one. Oh, yeah. Sometimes, and sometimes that can take a little longer than you'd like it to. Like, we were talking about Zeppelin being able to do one or two albums a year. It doesn't really work that way anymore, especially for bands that aren't you. So, for us, we just figured, let's build our following on the road and really tour the Three Shots album. So, that took us probably to, like... To mid 2017, and mm-hmm. then we said, "Okay, now we have um, something to to say, and we we kind of built a little bit of an audience." So then it took us about, I'd say, a year about writing and uh, really rehearsing stuff because we, you know, we we tend to write way more songs than make the record. We probably start with some 40 or 50 ideas, and then that gets into the rehearsal room, and then maybe. 25 of them we actually get an arrangement around and then maybe you know 
15 of those we actually record and then the changes again and then out of that we pick 10 to make the final record so it takes us a little time for sure um, and so i would say it probably took a solid year to make and but because we were touring so much up until then yeah and then the album and then the album came out and then we were also trying to find the right home for it with uh, our new record label mascot yeah uh, uh record so getting all of that kind of businessy stuff worked out and making sure we made an album that we really liked it took us some time after all that touring and then we basically toured all of last year again so now but now is actually an interesting time because we're all home yeah we've been doing it it's an excuse to just write because we were <laughs> planning on really being on tour most of this year yeah um with uh, around the uh, ozone park record so but now we now we're taking it as it comes so it might be an opportunity to write something new so we might have something uh, a new album sooner than we expected because yeah. of the situation that we're all in now for sure well uh on on ozone park uh do me right already has uh well over a million listens just on spotify um, and it seems to be sort of the the biggest song that people are, are gravitating towards. Uh, when you recorded that, did you foresee that being sort of the single of the album? Did you did you feel it in that song, or is that just how it happened? I think it's it felt like it was good. You know what I mean? It felt yeah. like we were onto something, but I don't really know about the, you know. We just try and make them all be as good as they can, and then yeah. We go from there when we're actually making a thing. You know, we just try and make stuff that we like, mm -hmm. I guess, and that we, we feel like we can play a um, hundred times on the road that year Yeah, and not be bored of. So we're just trying to make good stuff. But something felt special about that tune for sure. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, we, as it was our third album of originals that we put out. And, yeah. And we kind of got to a point where we had this retro vibe classic rock you know new classic rock band thing but we wanted to try and make a record that can show a spotlight on rock music and rock and roll music in in 2019 or 2020 as as a new form you know and not just something that sounds like something from the past yeah so it was our intent to go in there and we went down to fort myers florida um, at a great studio called Unity Game Studio, and Adam Landry was an amazing producer. Nashville mm -hmm. producer came down, and we just shacked up there for about 10 days, and we did the whole thing in 10 days, recorded and mixed. And um, we were very prepared going in as a band. We really rehearsed a lot of the songs, and we knew our parts, and we kind of knew what we wanted out of it, and that was to make a record that hopefully... Uh, brings rock music to the present, which I think it's kind of tough doing oh, nowadays. Yeah, got a, got a lot of competition out there. What what song would you say was really the uh, I guess the easiest to 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 make that just came out that seemed to work, or were all of them a, a, a labor? Oh, the song that was the easiest to make on that record, they were all, oh man, I, I would say Bad Mistakes probably, which yeah. is a little bit of a hard rock riff. Yeah, because the music is pretty straightforward and it's so simple, and kind of the the melody and the the lyrics are a little more. They're not as uh, 
stick to the melody as maybe some other songs. It's a little more of like a flow to it, almost in a hip hop sense. So everything was kind of pre-arranged and pre-designed for that song. So it was more about getting the right performance and the right sound than it was figuring out what we're going to play. Yeah. You know, some of the songs you think when you're in the room together, like, oh, my part is great. And then when you go <laughs> in the studio and you listen back to it, you think, wait, my part is not as good as I thought. Now I have to think of something new. And you kind of have to, and you have to find it when yeah. you're in the, in the recording mode, something that works with what the guitar is doing, what the drum is doing. But that song was pretty much, let's just get in this. We know this song. And we did it in a couple of takes. I think I sang the song once and, and the song, the, what I sang made the final record. So nice. That doesn't get yeah, quicker doesn't. than that, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you were talking about uh, new material being home here during this uh, quarantine time. Uh, ha- have you uh, Have you written any songs yet? Or just getting yeah, ideas. Yeah, man. Yeah? No, we've written a bunch of them. Yeah, me and John, the guitar player, and, and even the band, we've been doing like some Skype writing stuff and just sending Dropbox folders back and forth, demoing songs. Yeah, we've got about, I'd say we've gotten like eight eight songs that I think are, are work together well, you know, because you can yeah. have a really great song, but if it doesn't fit with the rest of it, it's, it's not really, you know, a cohesive record. And yeah. I've been listening to a lot of... Uh, CSNY lately. And, oh, yeah. And Neil Young in particular, and trying to find, you know, maybe that tonight's the night kind of rawness, live kind of quality to yeah. the music and make it, make it feel organic and not as, uh, you know, not chasing a hit or something like that. So we'll see. Nice, man. I like it. I like it. So yeah. are there some songs that you're pretty excited about in that group? Yeah, there are. There's some really cool ones, I think. So nice. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, once we can be in a room together, we can flesh them out and make some make make a record and see where it goes. Yeah. Looking forward to it, man. Well, Mike, we are up against a break, but man, I want to thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Uh, listeners, you can check out all things Hollis, Hollis Brown at their website, hollisbrown.com. You can follow them on Instagram at Hollis Brown right now. Let's take a listen to that song, that that easy song there, Bad Mistakes, right here right. on the Doc G Show.
are back here on the Doc G Show. You just heard Mike Montali from Hollis Brown, and you just heard <laughs> Hollis Brown with that great song, Bad Mistakes, off of their new album right there. Boom. That happened. Bam. That happened. Dave, I've got a short memory. I already forgot the Greek restaurant, but don't worry, it's recorded. That's a fact. That's the good thing about that. So I'm going to go back and listen to my own interview, find out what it is, (laughs) and we're going to hit it up. Go straight up to a straight up to Astoria, Astoria Queens. You call it gyro or or hero or euro? What do you call it? Whatever people want me to call it. That's yeah. That's pretty much everything. <laughs> like any any of those where people are like, oh, call it this, call it that. No, I guess like the one that I'm sort of uh, a stickler on is Appalachia mm-hmm. instead of Appalachia. I, I I don't do Appalachia. I don't. I will not conform What's to that one. Like the mountains. Yes, they call it. Yes, Ap- people oh, no, will call Ap- it Appalachia, yeah. and I know. I'm like, sorry, no. if you live there and you call it something, you got to go by the what the people that live there call it, and they call it Appalachia. Yep. So that's mm-hmm. now everything else though, like aunt, aunt. I'll call them whatever they want me to. Somebody wants me to call them an yeah. aunt, whatever. A pecan, pecan. <laughs> I'll call it whatever. Whatever you want me to go sure. with. That's fine. <laughs> like, I don't like, I, I'm always amazed when people get like offended by one of those. They're like, no, it's this. Right. And I'm just like, what do you care? It's yeah, it's a whatever. nut. <laughs> just take it. Whatever, whichever one it is, man. But anyways, I got sidetracked. We're going to New York. Yes! We're going to eat some Greek. I'm going to call up Mike, see if he wants to come eat with us. That's right. Good guy right there, Mike Montali. Very nice. Very nice. So yeah. if you're if you're writing that down, Dave, Frisco, Texas, up to New York, to Rhode Island, to Maine. That's our road trip. Man, we got we got a good trip right there. Got some miles. Got some miles to do. But thanks to Hollis Brown for being on the show. You need to go check out Definitely. their new album if you haven't checked it out. We've got a signed copy of Ozone Park right here in the studio. A prized ooh, ooh. vinyl. On our walls. Yes, sir. Okay, Dave. It's time for the last birthday suit. Now, we had to pull a little bit of teeth on that last one, but this one, you got. I'm not worried about. So, three for three this this week. I'm already calling it. Um, Born on April 22nd, 1986 in Oakland, Mm -hmm. California. Our birthday suit wearer loved sports from a young age and ended up playing four sports in high school at Oakland Tech, including football, basketball, track, and wrestling. Uh, In track as a senior, he posted a time of 10.94 in the 100-meter dash. Jeez. Pretty good. Moving. Coming out of high school, he was rated the second-best uh, running back in the country behind Adrian Peterson, which is a you know mm. good person to be behind. Lofty. Um, he ended up going to the University of Cal, played three seasons, and oh, Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch is correct. Beast mode. Beast mode. Bam. Yeah. Who doesn't love himself in beast mode? He was drafted in 2007 by the Buffalo Bills, 12th overall. It wasn't until 2010 that he really hit his stride when he was traded to the Seattle Seahawks and uh, earned his name, Beast Mode. Yes! Uh, he went on to obviously win a Super Bowl and five-time Pro Bowler and over 10,000 yards in his career. 
Marshawn Lynch, lover of Skittles. There you go. Oh, man. Should have some Skittles in his honor. I'm a pretty pretty big fan of his uh, his interviews too. Yes. You gotta you gotta yeah, give it man. up. He's a he's a calm, collected dude in those interviews. That's Except right. Except after a game, sometimes he man a few words on the field. Sometimes he gets pretty hype in those. You know, especially back in the day in college, he got hyped on the field when he would give interviews. Oh yeah, uh, he just couldn't control it. Nonetheless, 34, Dave. Turning big 3-4. Getting up there. Damn. Long in the tooth. Happy birthday, Marshawn. Long in the tooth for a uh, running back. But you know what? Adrian Peterson's still doing it. That's right. He's still still out there just being... Still cranking out the yards. Just being an angry old man that's punishing defenses. <laughs> Running the ball. Yeah. <laughs> punishing them. I, I can tell you, I would not want to go up against Adrian. Well, I wouldn't want to go up against uh, either of them. Nope. But, I mean, just can you I, imagine? Who would you, who would you pick if you had to Jeez. pick one. Just either either one? Over. Ooh, God, that would be yeah. tough. Wow. I don't know. I, I know. Both sound so bad. <laughs> I don't know, man. That would be that would be rough. Shout out. Shout, real quick, shout out to my friend Joe. Um, shout out. Shout out to Joe. Yeah, Joe, Joe, uh, Joe Wyman uh, played for uh, Presbyterian in college, Presbyterian okay. College, right? And he was mm-hmm. he was really good. He was standout at Presbyterian, and he actually tried out for some professional nice. teams. Um, cool. But he said some of those, uh, you know, he only played against a couple of offensive players that, that made it to the NFL, and he said right. they just hit different. He was like, dude, when oh, yeah. you would go up against one of those guys, it was like hitting an effing tree. Yes! You were just like, what is going on? And this guy, if you've seen Joe, Joe is a man. I mean, he... Yeah, he's a man. Jo- man. Jo- Joe <laughs> Joe went to... The impressive thing about Joe, Joe went from playing safety to playing defensive uh-huh. end. By the end of oh, his wow. career in college, four years, he gained something ridiculous. I have to ask him, something like 70 pounds or something like 80 pounds, something impressive. like that. And not only that, it's like basically all muscle that he gained. It's insane. And now he's wow. a standout lawyer. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Shout out to Joe for being a baller. Yeah, he is. Shout out. Big baller. Big baller. Every now and then he'll do a bodybuilding competition too. It's crazy. Goodness gracious. Anyways, my point was, those guys, and then you take it to another level of Hall of Famers like Marshawn Lynch and Adrian Peterson. I don't want to get hit Uh, by those Mack trucks. Concrete Mm -mm -mm. wall. And then my old feeble body... Okay, I'm, oh, you died. I'm only a year older than him, but still, <laughs> I would definitely die. That is true. Your body wouldn't be able to handle It'd it. It'd just explode <laughs> spontaneously into dust, and they'd be like, oh, that was weird. It was like, no, man, it's like a pinata made out of... Made out of cocoa powder. <laughs> of hair. What? <laughs> yeah, made out of hair. Ew. That was a bunch of hair. Anyways, happy birthday to Marshawn Lynch. Beast mode, keeping it real. Dave, this is where I tell you about the fantastic shows. We have some fantastic shows. Next two shows I am extremely excited about. Susto coming on the show next week. So good. So many great songs from Susto. I mean, 
Jaw Works. Oh, man, such a good jam. I'll Fly Away. Oh, such a good song. Weather Balloons. So good. Oh, coming. They're so good, man. I can't wait. And Justin Osborne, he's such a nice guy. Part of the Acid Boys. Can't wait to talk to him. It's going to be good. Then, the next week, we're going from South Carolina with Justin Osborne to North Carolina with His Golden Messenger. Yeah, we're going to talk to MC Taylor of His Golden Messenger. Uh, I know he's very nice. I know he's not a numbers guy, Dave. But he's on the cusp mm-hmm. of getting a million listeners on Spotify. million mo- monthly oh. listeners. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. That is cool. Uh-huh. They give you a little plaque for that, like YouTube I does? would guess. I feel like they should. Yeah. You know? feel like they should. They uh, probably will after they hear this on the show. By the way, after I, I, you know, I told you uh, how me and my brother were a little obsessed with trying to find out who was the highest on Spotify with monthly listeners, and Justin Biebs was the highest we found out. Um, right. We kept looking, and then mm-hmm. then after we looked for like break it down to different demographics. Well, after stuff. we yeah. looked for uh, several, and literally, I would like to say that it wasn't hours, but it was probably hours. Girl, come on. Um, Mm-hmm. We uh, we broke down and we said, okay, let's see the list now. So true. And uh, we looked at the actual official list. Two people above Justin Bieber's. The oh. the weekend. Wait, what do you mean the official list? Well, uh, actual. What list were you looking at before? Well, we weren't looking at the list. We were just guessing. We were just like, who's going to be a high a high artist? Let's find it. Let's find it. And we just kept on looking up different artists. And oh, okay. The weekend is the highest. What? Sixty-four. Really? Like, yeah, like sixty-four, sixty-five million listen monthly listeners. Crazy. Interesting. Crazy. I wouldn't guess him as number one. And neither would I. And then the second one, I wouldn't have really guessed either. Dua Lipa. Hmm. Yeah. Whoa, <laughs> It's famous on the TikTok, Dave. Come on, man. Girl, come on. Get with it. Oh. Yeah. Whoops. It's fine. I'm not that hip, man. It's fine. It's fine. Anyways, we're going to have to wrap it up for this show. Until next time, I've been your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Dave Burles, Berlin. Guys, the mustache and I want to wish you health and safety. Oh, nice. Until next week. Nice. That that mustache is standing. That was the mustache speaking. Word. That mustache is standing guard at your nose, not letting any virus in. That mm. never. Nothing is penetrating. That's right. With, with this stash, it's stuck on that stash, and then your guardian defense immune system is killing it on the stash. You go, stash. You go. Until next time, Both guys. my stash right there. Zip it up and zip it out. Zippy doodah. <laughs>